Welcome along to episode number 25 of the Refsake, the original refereeing podcast. Listening across the UK and even in Malawi, we hope you are well. This week I am joined once again by my partner in crime, Luke Scott. How are you, Luke? I'm good, mate. Do they still listen in Malawi then? Yeah, still not number one, but you know, we're, we're fighting back. We're fighting back. So we've got uh, Jason and Lewis and Ryder McLaughlin as our special guest this week, but still nobody taking up the challenge of um, the quiz, the six of the best. I don't know what Chris Rowland and uh, Jamie Stevenson have done to scare these people off. But we'll be talking all about the, um, the topical debates in refereeing from the week. Um, and we're looking forward to talking... Um, about what's been happening in the Premier League. Had a few little social media interactions this week, Luke. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we'll chat about those in a minute. So, yeah, episode number 25 in common. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Subscribe to us on Spotify, Amazon Music and Apple Podcasts. And hopefully, Tony Major, you are enjoying your breakfast while you're listening to this podcast. So, Luke, how are we? Very good, mate. Very good. How are you? I'm okay. Have you got over last week? You know, there's been a few, as I said, there's been a few social media interactions and they were worried about you. They were concerned. You know, they said you sounded a bit down in the dumps. Oh, really? That's nice. Uh, yeah, no, mate, in fairness, uh, the last few games have gone really well. So, uh, yeah, no no dramas. You're back in refereeing form. Yeah, just in time for the end of the season. Brilliant. So where have you been performing this week? Give us a little insight. Uh, well, I had what I was referring to as the big relegation party uh, at Russian and Diamonds against Bedford Town. Um, both teams were already relegated. Um, so that was an interesting one. But um, Diamonds Diamonds won that one 4-0. Um, quite straightforward. No, not too many issues there. So that was good. Um, and then I went to somewhere that I've not been uh, before. Yesterday, went to Potter's Bar. Have you ever been to Potter's Bar? Oh, as in as in the place Potter's Bar. I thought you were like out for a few drinks. Oh no no, the, the football <laughs> club. <laughs> I, um, I wouldn't just pop to Potter's Bar for a few drinks. Uh, I don't think I ever went there. No, I'd never been yeah. there. Very nice club, very friendly people. Um, I mean, the game wasn't great, if I'm honest. Uh, but again, no issues. So. No cautions yesterday, no nothing. Nice blank canvas, lovely. Everyone's happy. Were you performing with anybody local or were they um, from other counties? Um, so Monday I had James Weverall and, a, and an out-of-county lad. And yesterday I had um, Dave Brennan. I don't know why this is so hard to think of. <laughs> Dave Brennan and Jack Hobbs. I don't know who this Jack Hobbs... I think I've said this before on this podcast. I don't know if I've ever met Jack Hobbs. Um, well, he's he, he might he might pop to the Senior Cup final on Tuesday. Um, so you might meet him then if you're going. Okay. Um, Jack Hobbs is also a name of a very famous cricketer, I believe, from the olden days, around about... Probably after WG Grace, but, um, you know, back in the day. Good. I'm glad you told me that. 
<laughs> so, um, referee news this week, then. So, I said on 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 the Twitter that I was delighted with the FA's um, investigation and decision about Constantine. I still don't know how to say his surname, but we know who no. we're talking about. Yeah. Um, it seems that common sense has prevailed. Um, they had a meeting together, Liverpool, Andy Robertson and Constantine and, and the FA and what have you. Uh, and it's all been dealt with. Everybody's happy and uh, we can now move on. He can get his flag back and everything is rosy in the Premier League garden. It certainly seems to be. Uh, I, I noticed that he, he, he obviously they they didn't give him a game this weekend, but um, they did say that whilst the investigation was ongoing, he wouldn't be, he wouldn't receive any appointments, which um, I can understand. But also, you know, from a from a, not, oh, I don't want to use the word equality, but from from you know being treated the same as players, um, that that would never happen to a player. So it, it's still not quite fair in that sense. But um, I don't think we can grumble with the outcome from a refereeing perspective. Um, as we said, it, the footage doesn't look great, but it's it's not something that that needs to be blown out of proportion, which it which it certainly was by lots and lots of people. Okay, so let's talk. Just going off off <coughs> off refereeing topic for for a moment. So um, you've done a couple of games this week, have and you've got there's a senior cup final on on Tuesday evening. Which yep. is between Cogano United and yep. Peterborough Sports. Yep. Um, I believe the referee is Mr. Sean Barry. Yep. And the rest of the team, would you like to introduce them? Robert Evans. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Chris Walton on the other line and Sam Lee as fourth man. Excellent. And I believe it's Sean's first. Foray into Senior Cup final refereeing, is that correct? It's the first time he has blown a whistle in a Senior Cup final. However, I'm led to believe he's held a board a few times. Um, Held a board for me, no less. (laughs) Oh, God, no wonder he was annoyed. (laughs) What are you talking about? I had a wonderful evening that that evening. Yeah, you did. Sure didn't. You're, You're out of order. I'm not happy. I'm not happy with you. Oh, sorry. Wednesday evening, we have got the big one. Some would yeah. say bigger one. No, yeah. Uh, go on. You tell us who, tell us what it is and then tell us who's reffing it because I, I, I want to know this. The Northampton Town Football Association Goral Barnes Cup final. The first time it's been played for a number of years now, COVID and all kinds of things, weather stopped it. Um, so we brought it back as a midweek competition and invited Premier Division teams and the Division 1 teams from the Northampton Combination and from the North Bucks, those teams that were based in Northamptonshire, of which there are a few, Silverstone, um, there's a couple of others, you know, I can't remember what, who they are off the top of my head, to be honest, but um, I don't think they even entered this year, but anyway, um, so the final on Wednesday is between uh, Highham Town and Wusson St George, it's at Wellingborough Whitworths, don't get caught out kids, because it's a 7.30 kickoff, not 7.45. Uh. Yeah. You love you love that. You love catching people out. Well, I want to, you know, I've got school the next day, so I've got to get back. <laughs> um, and the team of officials for this big one is uh, led by George Parker, who's the referee. 
two assistants are Ian Brown and Ralph Seconton. Very good. And um, holding up the board, making the tea, and generally keeping everything calm is the cool, calm and collected Kevin Seconton. I, I I wondered what name was going to follow that introduction, but it could only be Kev, really, couldn't it? Strong team. I mean, I did put my name in the hat, got rejected by the committee. Didn't, didn't get the nod? Uh, mate, it's outrageous. I've done like every round. I didn't do the semi-finals, but, you know, I deserve it. I'm putting it out there now. I deserve it. And, you know, being poo-pooed and not being no, allowed. Are you, are you saying George doesn't deserve it? Oh, George definitely deserves it. I've kind of <laughs> me- I've mentored him this season. You know, I've taken him under my wing and look at the, look at the rewards he gets. I, I think I think that's a I think that's a great appointment because he's going five to four, isn't he? He is. He is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and, no, it's great. And he's got the experience of Kev as well to give him a few little uh, tips. Um, and then we've got more more cup finals, haven't we? I mean, more, we'll put the the stuffs on the North Ants FA um, pages anyway. You know, the the social media. I've got to say, you know. Joking aside, the social media output from the county affair this year has been excellent. I think, um, you know, getting the referee names on there, and I even heard, I listened to a preview yesterday. I, mean, I was a bit late because the games happened now, but there was a preview of the uh, the women's cup final. I was like, wow, maybe that person could come onto the um, podcast and you know be a guest host. It was so fluid, and you know. Well, I thought it was a lady from the BBC at one point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, the, the social media director really enjoyed doing that, so I'm sure she'd love to come on. I think that would be a really good idea. Um, so you've got Area Cup, I think, on Friday, is that right? Uh, yeah, so yeah, Senior Cup Tuesday, Area Cup Friday, yeah. And then we've got, the NTFA have got two Cup Finals on Sunday as well, um, which are, I always get these the wrong way around, so... One's the under-13s cup for youth, which is the Alan Robinson. I hope I've got this right now because Tony Major will be <laughs> spluttering his conflicts everywhere <laughs> otherwise. And then the under-15s, we've got the Alan Burgess. So they're 10.30 and 1.30 respectively. Um, so, yeah, we will put those onto the NCFA pages and, and all that kind of jazz. So um, have you got games next weekend? Well, yeah, I have. Um I've got. I'm going to be refereeing Harrow Borough, but then obviously I've got the London Marathon the next day. So I, I don't know if that's if that's the best preparation. That's to be confirmed. Um, County wide, I don't know. Have we got any? Have we got any finals next weekend? No. no. Social media director has reliably informed me we don't. Now yours is the following weekend when we when, right. when we're away. So there is planned to be a podcast next weekend. Um, we're trying to work out how we're going to do it at the moment because you're in London. Um, just doing a little run around there or something with with the SMD, with the SMD, yeah. And then the following weekend, there won't be a podcast breaking news because fourteen of us, probably all our listeners, to be fair, are, um, <laughs> are in the Isle of Wight, just doing a little run walk around the the um, the perimeter. Yeah, it shouldn't take too long, mate. So what we're going to do is we're going to put um, our link onto. Um, the, the social media pages. So if you do want to sponsor Luke or the SMD, um, you can sponsor you can sponsor both of them if you want to. We're doing the London Marathon next weekend, um, and then the following week, as I said, we've got uh, 
14 hardy souls. Most A lot of them referees are connected to football. Um, they're going to be doing the... Uh, the uh, uh, I said they... I, I'm I'm doing it as well. <laughs> Hello, you know. After today, that's just, that's that's debatable. Um, so you know, we're going to be uh doing that on Saturday the twenty ninth. I think that's right, isn't it? Saturday the twenty ninth. Yeah. So yeah. we go across on the Friday, Saturday the twenty ninth into Sunday, and we'll be doing lots of social media stuff as we go through as well. So yeah, drop us a little sponsor if you love this podcast, then please give generously. It's all for good cause. Um. So going on to the football itself, it was a fairly quiet weekend of of Premier League football. So I'm going to go back to grassroots. I put um, something on Twitter. I don't know if you saw it um, of the, the the match on. I think it was on Friday night. So I was coming back from um, Norfolk, uh, and the weather was not nice. So I was in McDonald's, Great Yarmouth, <laughs> and I stepped out the car. It was like I was in a monsoon. And that weather was pretty much the same until I got to about, I would say, past Huntington. So it was, you know, a good ninety miles of incessant rain. And there was a yeah. there was a match played, wasn't there? Um, which, let's be honest, it was a bit of a farce. And that's putting it nicely. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, go on. I, well, yeah, it was a farce, and and I saw that it did get played to a conclusion. Um, which, because you know, those types of clips uh, are easy to film whilst that downpour is happening, and it, it, you know, if the pitch gets a bit water on before the referees made the decision to abandon. But I think I saw some follow-up clips that actually it got to full time. One team lost one nil, I think it was, um, and the state of the pitch at the end of it was just—it was more like a river. It was quite ridiculous. Um, I mean, which which end do you want to defend first? Um, we'll defend the deep end first, please. <laughs> <laughs> Use that one before. Um, can I have that one for free, everybody? Um, so, which, you know, that's, it's a situation that's extreme. Um, well, it is, but I think it's going to be more and more, more and more common uh, this season because uh, there's just so many teams with so many games to play. Like, there's that thing going around Twitter. I think it's is it Sandhurst. Yeah, I think it is. No, yeah. Something. It's, yeah, something like that. But they've got they've got to play ten games in eleven days. I think at one point is, they had eleven games in ten days, and then they realised that just, wasn't possible. <laughs> um, so there, there is there is pressure from from all angles to get these games played, um, and you know with it's it's a really tricky time of the season because. Particularly at, at certain levels, step step five, step four, step three. There's there's the playoffs to consider, um, and they've got they've got deadlines that they have to meet in terms of those playoffs because the FA need to know who's going to be playing at what step, um, so they can do the allocations for the league. So it's a it's a really tricky time, particularly with the winter we've had, and then the the weather that we've had recently just causing us to lose weekends that we wouldn't expect to be losing. Um, I think you, you're probably going to see more like that. Yeah, I think maybe not, maybe not that extreme, but you're going to see p- people playing on pitches that aren't ideal. I think. I mean, there's been some in, in the UCL as well. Um, I know God Manchester, whose pitch is notoriously difficult, should we say? And I think they might be looking at getting a, an artificial pitch. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, they played on Saturday night. At, I think it was at Saint Ives at seven o'clock. Yes. 
yeah. seven o'clock kickoff against the team from Coventry. Um, so you know, it's that teams are now looking at going elsewhere. Now, um, there was another game, I can't remember which game it was now, but they moved their game to um, Huntington Town, I think, because their pitch, <coughs> you know, was wasn't fit for purpose again. Um, I, I know the FA have kind of moved some games back, um, the ones that don't involve teams in the playoffs. Um, they've moved some of those back, but you're right; it's a difficult, difficult situation to be in because it's just been so wet, and we had the snow as well for three or four weeks. Yeah, we, in, in frozen and then also little little shout out to Daventry Town who couldn't play their game because they had uh, their, their game on Bank Holiday Monday because they had travellers in the car park. Um, so they had to postpone that, rearranged it for Wednesday, and it got rained off. <laughs> so, so they haven't had an awful lot of luck in uh, in Daventry recently. No, uh, however, they did get a nil-nil draw, which they were very pleased about. Yeah, fair play. Yeah, considering that all their players have obviously left and uh, they're in a, a financial difficulty. Uh, in financial difficulty, I was saying that, um, speaking to Brian Lewin yesterday about it, and uh, and then I think we were talking to somebody else and saying that it, Northampton football this season hasn't had a great season. You know, Diamonds, as you just said, yeah. been relegated. Daventry, relegated. Kettering, struggling. Brackley had a good result yesterday, uh, and Corby had a good result. So I think they might be knocking on the door still. But you know, in terms of the, that, that step, anyway, um, it's not been a, not been a great season for Northampton-based teams. No, it's yeah, it has been a bit of a struggle. Hopefully, um, you know, we'll see some of our referees um, in the upper echelons and in chance of promotion coming up soon. Yeah, hopefully. Um... Obviously, uh, Andy Humphreys had had that TV game the other day in the National League South, um, and and there's been there's been some good appointments knocking around for some of our some of our level three. So uh, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, um, and again talking about good appointments. So um, we we had Stacey and Richard on last week. Um, you went. I'm assuming did you go to the, the Women's Cup final? Were you on babysitting duty? No, me, me, and the social media director um, went, and Big Glim was on um, on babysitting duty. Ah, and I can see, you know, I can see the SMD. She's um, perked up. Yeah, she she wants to mention how many people attended. We had about we had about four hundred and six people spectators at the Women's Cup final, which was we were quite pleased with. And there was a little um, uh, what do we call it incentive for under 18s to go, I believe. Yeah. Wear wear your football shirt and get in for free. And was it was there an array of football shirts there? Uh, there was actually, yeah. There, I was quite I was quite impressed. Any Middlesbrough ones? Uh, no, thankfully, because I wouldn't have let them in. <laughs> any uh, there weren't any Wickham ones either. No, unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> dear, dear, dear. And then we had um, so I was gonna, I was going to try and get Phoebe to come and just have a little chat um, on the show tonight, but she's she's poorly. She's not very well, unfortunately. Um, spoke to Big D earlier, Big Daryl, um, and he was saying that um, the the, the Lurgy um, has gone through their house as as in our house as well. I think it's you know kicking about again. So uh, she had a wonderful experience at St George's Park. I think Daryl went along and Richard went along as well as a coach. Yeah. Um, and from what I've heard, it was a, as I said a terrific experience and everything went well. And I think she was at. The elite referee women's thing yesterday, but she couldn't do the physical bit because, as I said, she's a bit poorly, bless her. So I'll get well soon, Phoebe. Yeah, 
get well soon. And, and Phoebe was at the um, at the Women's Cup final on Thursday, and uh, I had a chat with her. And yeah, sounds like the game went well, and uh, and she enjoyed her experience. So yeah, great appointment, and glad it went well. And um, I'm hoping that you know this illness isn't something to do with having to go back to school this week, because you know it's, it's a dark it's dark times. Um, oh, I bet you're really struggling, aren't you? Yeah, in, yeah. In the Chalmers household tonight, you know, it's not bad enough. I've done 27 miles a day of training, um, so I've put that out there. But also, I've got to go back to work tomorrow. Oh, I must yeah. give a mention out to Chris Ronan, by the way. Um, one of the, I mean, one of the funniest. I shouldn't laugh at this, really, but trying <laughs> to see him try to get back into his car at the end was. Uh, an experience that I will never forget. <laughs> and I'm sure, I'm sure he was delighted to look up and see you with your mobile phone filming him. Uh, and then, and then, I'm sure he was even more delighted to see that you circulated to pretty much everyone in your contacts. <laughs> <laughs> um, it took him 19 seconds to get into his car. I think five seconds of those was were, were spent swearing at me. But um, uh, and like like we said earlier. Uh, so you you did you did twenty seven miles today. Uh, only forty more to only forty more miles to go, mate, for the Isle of Wight. So yeah, good. Mate, that makes me feel physically sick just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least I'm not doing a marathon the weekend before. Yeah, all right. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, um, Premier League. There was a not much controversy. Um. I saw Andy Wilson yesterday. Um. There was a you know Darren England who's Darren England, Simon Hooper, they're starting to get some big games. Nobody spoke about Dave Clute getting some, you know, big appointments as well. So those two seem to coming up, you know, Man City and um and Simon Hooper was at Forest against United today. Not really much debate about the handball. I know he didn't give it first time. Did you see it? No, I didn't see that one. So the ball coming in and, and it's kind of the one one of those weird things where Naturally, I think when the when a player is stretching for the ball with their foot, their arm kind of comes in the air as a kind of balance. Yeah. I think uh, hit the player's hand. You could deem it an unnatural position. Penal- uh, penalty given on review. I don't know if if there's any need. I don't know, but is there any need in that situation for the referee to go across to the monitor when it's kind of clear to everybody that it's a penalty? Uh, I, I know, I know where you're going with it. I think, I think for the PGMO and just the VAR process as a whole, I think they're keen for the weight to be with the on-field referee decision. So um, they don't want games being re-refereed, but also in those in those subjective situations, because at the end of the day, it's still a subjective decision. Um, so the, the you know the only time where decisions you don't see referees go over to the monitor on is, is the offsides because they're factual. But if the offside has an element of subjectivity to it, so is the player impacting, is he not impacting, then um, then at that point, the referee will go over. But so I think I, I'm more comfortable with the referee having the, on the, the on-field referee having the final say um, because at the end of the day, it's a subjective decision. So whilst the bloke in the booth is saying, I think that's a handball offence. It's it's still up for interpretation, potentially. Like I said, I've not seen that incident, but um, nine times out of ten, as we know, they go with it. But sometimes we see them stick with their guns and, and their interpretation of that incident. I think that's a problem with... Um, I saw somebody on Twitter who's a, a sports commentator 
and he was saying that um you know um technology you know video technology works in cricket works in rugby why doesn't it work in football well like you just kind of alluded to cricket it's yes or no isn't it rugby yeah majority although they are they have been talking talking about um because uh, i don't know if you're a rugby fan if you watch the england against ireland game um in the six nations a little while back and there's been other other episodes there was an episode yesterday although i don't know the outcomes the one yesterday the saints but um the one in in the england island game they said that uh so the player got sent off after i think it was like five or six minutes or something ridiculous like that um and subsequently they deemed it not to have been a red card after the game well that was too late then um yeah. they've, they've already gone through the video process um but now they're talking there might be a trial going on somewhere where they get um, a temporary red card, and then they s- people watch it on on on, on some screen somewhere. Um, I don't know if it's one or two people or what. And then they might be able to bring the player back on or uh, or replace him. Because what they're say- saying is games are getting decided, rightly or wrongly, um, by video decisions which aren't always correct. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I think that would be a good one, maybe for football to take a little. But I I get I assume that again I didn't see the incident so but I I assume it's still a subjective decision isn't it like a red card in rugby is surely still subjective like some people might think it's a red some people might not yeah some parts of it I think it's to do I mean I've said this before on the podcast I don't really know the rules of rugby <laughs> that, that well um other laws if, if that's what they call but I think it's to do with because there's been a lot in the news about you know there's there's some players taking the RFU or, you know, the equivalent body to court over concussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a big push now, or there's a big um, thing about head contact. So if there is any head contact, and I don't even think it needs to be deliberate, um, then there's serious consequences for that player, which is a, is a difficult thing because you've... You haven't got a lot of time to react as a as a rugby no. player machine. If, if a player no. puts his head down, you're going to tackle or whatever. It's a it's not easy for a player to get out of the way, really. No, no, yeah, and I it, I, I know it's not anywhere near similar, but I suppose it's it's kind of similar to the the handball thing in football. If if we were to change it to if it hits your hand, let's have a let's have a free kick, deliberate or not, no matter where your arm is. If it hits it, a bit like um, a bit like the foot rule in in hockey. If it hits your foot, it's an offence regardless. And it hurts as well. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's like hockey is brutal. Yeah, especially like, even at school, um, absolutely brutal. And I watched the Mighty Reds um, on replay on on Friday. Uh, we give Norwich a good spanking, a good five one spanking. Was that um, our friend Josh? It was. I, I spoke to Josh briefly after the game. I, I mean, I gave him a bit of stick before the game, saying, I'm not going to bother watching this game now. I know you're a referee in it. But um, there was a, an incident in in the second half. I think the score was 5-1 at the time or something. Uh, and the player, a Norwich player, went into the box. Um, he got caught, but the, the, the fall of the player was so theatrical and unnatural. He didn't give a penalty. Um, you know, replay suggested it should have been a penalty. I just found it like it was a bit unfair because he'll get stung for that. 
um, I think this is a bit unfair that, you know, this reaction to play is kind of, it's almost like he's definitely dived because of the way he's gone down. Um, he didn't caution for simulation, but um, he's definitely, you know, made a meal of it. And now he's going to get, um, you know, marks taken away or whatever for, for that decision. Yeah, uh, it's uh, particularly at top level because they they make a they make a big thing about saying how the the does does the level of contact that's been initiated result in the the reaction that the player has uh, has shown and uh, you know there's there's a fine line isn't there between firstly simulation <coughs> simulation and foul and then foul or or simulation so um like you've said there, I think if if the player if the player feels the contact and then makes a meal of it, it doesn't make it less of a foul, but it makes it harder to give from a refereeing point of view. That is correct. So let's move on. Anything else exciting happening in the world of refereeing that you can think of? I'm just having a look on Twitter and see how many referees have got slaughtered this week by anybody. All you have to do is just put referee into um into Twitter and generally the feedback isn't <laughs> very <laughs> um, complimentary I should say no I can imagine but no I I, I think um, I'd just mention that I know Ollie's uh, Ollie's got an adult only referee course running starting this week I think so that that'll be good Um I think he's got sort of 11 or 12 people booked onto that. So that should hopefully uh, hopefully help because, we, you know, we always talk on here about the challenges with our referees course just being full of 14 to 16-year-olds. So hopefully it should help with some of those challenges. I saw something on Twitter, actually, about this. There was a one of the candidates, I think, um, he put something on it. They're going to... I think they said they're going to uh, see how the process is and do like a little report on it. Did you see yeah, it? I did see that. That concerned me a little bit. but uh... <laughs> I mean, I don't even, because it was meant to be me. Was it me and you? We were meant to be doing the... Um... Yeah, it was meant to be me and you. I don't know who's got tutoring it now. So already they're on a loser. You know, they've got the B team in straight away. Um, you know, we're, we're otherwise engaged. You're running, like I said, around the, around the streets of London, and um, I'm at Cockney United for the um, for the big under 13s, under 15s cup finals. So, um, as I said, come along if you want, and if you don't, you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> but it'd be nice to see you there. Nice to see you there. Right. So uh, coming up after the, a short interlude, we have got. Um, the McLaughlin dynasty from the Weetabix League. Um, you know, they do a similar job, or Jason does a similar job to Chris. He's going to talk about um, the difficulties in getting referees, the amount of issues they're having on their league as well, um, and what it's like having taken up the whistle himself. Stay tuned. Okay, so welcome back to part number two of For Ref's Sake, episode 25, the 25th episode we've managed to cobble together. We have got um, the first for us tonight, Luke. We've got uh, a three. Three from the same family as well, I think. 
Is that, that is a first for us, isn't it? Is that right? Yeah, that is a first, yeah. Yeah, I just couldn't remember. These 25 episodes <laughs> have gone so quickly. So we are joined by Jason McLaughlin, Lewis McLaughlin, Riley McLaughlin, the Weetabix dynasty of referees, the Weetabix mafia. Welcome to the show, you three. Hi, guys. <laughs> How are we doing? All good for a Sunday, mate. All good. All good. Well, at least the lights, are, the lights, the, the nights are getting lighter. That's a good thing, I think. Um, that must mean you've you've got loads of uh, midweek games coming up soon. Is that is that about right? Loads, mate. Absolutely loads. So, if you're looking for a game midweek, Jason McLaughlin's your man. <laughs> um, yeah, lots of games. So, um, bit of a mixture this week because we've got referee, referee appointing, referee, football player, referee. And I said, someone chasing the dollar when you're 14, which is a, you know, a, a good thing. And, uh, you know, getting that experience. So, um, you recently, Jason, only took up the referees course, I believe. It was it last last year you did it. Was it 2022? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Uh, we're getting so short of referees. So, it's a case of like, right, let's go for it. I mean, I, I have been the referee secretary for seven years now. Um, so it's a case of like, let's go for it. <laughs> so practicing what you preach, basically. Definitely, definitely. And how have you found it so far? Enjoying it? It's been okay. It's been okay. I've um, I've had uh, a mixture of games. Let's put it that way. I do tend to put myself on some difficult games, and um, I've even done a few UCL as well on the uh, reserve league which haven't, hasn't gone too great, to be honest with you. <laughs> was that through choice, or was that because referees didn't turn up? Yeah, uh, referee didn't turn up. So um, I, I, uh, I've refed three Desborough Reserve games this season, and um, yeah, two of it were okay, but the third one went so good. Was, was Lewis playing? He was, yeah. Well, that, yeah. Makes it, that makes it awkward from the start, doesn't it? That made it terrible, mate. <laughs> you gave me that penalty. No, it was bad. <laughs> I'll give up. <laughs> Lewis, you know how the marking system works, mate. So out of 100, what's his average? Mm, probably, I'd say about 85. It would be more if he gave me another penalty. He should have gave me another penalty. <laughs> 85? I got a 61, mate, one game. <laughs> 85, Luke. Well, mate, honestly, it's the, it's the standard of referee uh, education in the county now, isn't it? You know, that's what we're delivering. <laughs> to be fair, I did give away a penalty and you didn't give it. So that boosts the marks up a bit more as well. <laughs> Sounds like you had a great game, Jason, to be fair. I, I, I quit at half time, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I think I should have done that a few years ago. But anyway, um, so Lewis, you're, you're still refereeing as well. Yep, yep, still going. So, and are you exclusively refereeing for your dad these days, or are you, um, you know, elsewhere as well? Yeah, I mean, I started the season off doing then Valley in the Sunday League, but that was just, that was crazy. That was too much. Like, the abuse I was getting was ridiculous. So I was like, no, I'm going back to the, uh, my dad's. <laughs> that dad can yeah. look after you. <laughs> yeah, that's it. He drives, mate. He goes to his own games. <laughs> well, that's an absolute bonus now, then. And, oh, it um, is. And Rylan, what, how are you finding refereeing coming coming into your first? I guess it's your first full season. How are you finding it? 
good. Enjoy it? Yeah, it's good. What's the best thing about refereeing? The experience. What did you say, the money? <laughs> it said experience. Now, that's that's unusual, mate. Experience <laughs> and the money. <laughs> so, um, before you got into refereeing appointing, did you have any experience of refereeing at all? Or was it kind of you were thrown into it at the deep end as such? We we lost our referee secretary. Um, so I was already a league official with a Weetabix league then. Um, so I kind of got thrown into it. Um, I start I started off looking under looking after the under seven, under sevens up to the under twelve under thirteens, and then um, this season um, I've done under sevens straight away through to the under eighteens because we lost our other referee secretary. So yeah, I kind of got thrown into it, but. It's been quite enjoyable because we've I've, we've got had some good referees come through the system, you know. I'm, I'm sure you guys will know a few of the the referees going through promotions, etc. And they started off with the Weetabix League, so some good success stories there, really. Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, and how many games on average are you appointing? As a, a uh, weekend? about 120 each weekend. Good coverage. So um, the. The morning games, absolutely spot on. Um, the afternoon games, I am struggling majorly. Um, I'm probably covering about 60% of games in the afternoons. I've just, I'm just having referees walking away from the game. Um, they're not enjoying it. They're, they're getting a lot of abuse from the sidelines, from the coaches. So, um, yeah, it, it's a bit sad. Um, but there's not a lot I can do. I, you know, they, they go down the right channels. They do report it, but they decide enough is enough. Yeah, I, I think there's there's probably. I mean, you probably know the figures better than better than we do. But there's there's been a few referees in that boat, and um, it doesn't it doesn't help like you've said because it's a, it's an area where you struggle with coverage anyway, and then to get the poor behaviour thrown into that, which causes people to then walk away, just makes your coverage of a already struggling situation even worse yeah yeah and um, a majority of referees i've got now i would say probably a good 60 percent of 14 15 stroke 16 uh, we're just getting the younger referees um, there's not a lot of experience out there for the older age groups now um which you know i your courses you do i would say probably you may get one or two older referees um but I am, I am like, like I said, I, the, the, these guys play games in the afternoons, and they're not available to me, which is quite sad, you know. And it makes my life very difficult because every week I'm asking, please help me out, <laughs> you know, and I'm just not getting any appointments, which is a shame. Yeah, and you, you've got the same age structure as uh, as the NDYL, and you so your your Sunday afternoons is is your your older age groups, which in theory, are the ones that probably need refereeing more than the younger ones. Definitely, definitely. Um, it gets to that age group where um, they answer back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, um, I went to watch some of a game this afternoon, an under-18s game, and I wouldn't say, um, you know, the, the atmosphere was... It was a cup semi-final, so I wouldn't say the atmosphere was particularly abusive, but... I think the the thing that stood out, and I, I was with, I was there with Chris Chris Rowland, um, watching, and I said to Chris, I mean I don't get involved in Sunday afternoon football, um, at all really, but 
Um, I said to Chris, is this the norm? You know, just the players just chipping away, chipping away, chipping away constantly. Coaches chipping away, chipping away constantly. Um, I said, I said to him, I'd have, I'd have had about five sin bins by now because I just wouldn't <laughs> be able to tolerate it. Um, you know, my club marks would be going through the floor because I wouldn't, you know, and it's difficult. You know, it's easy, you know, for me to say that. You know, it's quite a flipping remark, I guess. But um, is that the kind of, I mean, and that's probably on, on a good day. Is that the kind of problem that referees are finding? It's just constant, um, and as you said, constant attitude from players and things. Yeah, no, completely, completely. And then the other thing is, because it's youth football, when you blow your final whistle, you then get the parents coming over uh, to the referees and confronting the referees about decisions that they've yeah. done. Now, um, I yeah, it, this seems to be a little bit of the norm, and it's completely unacceptable. You know, the coaches should be making sure nobody goes near a referee, but then they do question and... There has been a few incidences that have come in and um, referees have been followed to cars as well this season. Um, they just, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's not great. It's not great at all. Do you think, um, Lewis, a question for you here, um, and probably, and Ryland as well, do you, we've said it before on this, on this podcast about um, when somebody like Alex Compton or, uh, or Chris himself goes to a game, and they know that they're on the league committee. Do you think, is is the behaviour different when you go? I don't know about you, Lewis. Do they know that your dad's the, the you know one of the league officers, etc.? Do you think the behaviour is different towards you than it is to other referees? Um, maybe. I know when my dad is there, the behaviour, when they see him in the Weetabix kit, they tend to behave a lot, a lot better. Like I ha- barely hear anything from them when anyone from the wheat fix is there but when it's just me on my own me just reffing on my own they all go for me i mean that in itself i, I just don't i'll do i do know why i do know why but it's just that concept of it's like if i turned up or you turned up luke and we had you know any kit on um the behavior is different so why can't it just be like that when you know normally the, chris said earlier it's like they're grown they're grown adults um, so you'll get messages. I'm sure you get the same messages as well, where they'll say, "Oh, we've got this team um, this week. We need a strong referee." Well, there isn't enough to go around, mate. So, what do you want us to do, or what do they want you to do? More to the point. I, I think on that, that there's also the the, the point around um, representation at games. You know, there's not enough there's not enough Weetabix League committee members to be at every single Weetabix League game. There's not enough of NFA people to to cover anywhere near any of the ga- all of the games in in Northamptonshire. So th- there's never going to be a point where every game has somebody from an official body representing them. Um, and I, you know, Gerald, the, the chairman of the Weetabix, always always says to me, he goes, "Well, yeah, we've had this problem team. I've been to watch them. They're good as gold." And then that that whole that whole piece around gathering evidence and and investigating that type of behavior becomes a lot more difficult because even if Gerald or me or Jason probably turned up and we and we were just wearing our normal clothes we weren't wearing the NFA stuff the Weetabix stuff they still know the face so they're still going to go oh Luke's over there Jason's over there whoever and they're still going to be on their best behavior um so it's I mean it's a challenge for us at, at county level to to try and think of ways that we can instill this 
good behavior without having to send hundreds and hundreds of people out on a weekend to represent the NFA, the Weetabix, the NDYO, et cetera, et cetera, just to keep grown adults in check. Yeah, it's a really, really good point, actually. Um, and I think, you know, we, we've had conversations pretty much every week, Jason, about, you know, attitudes towards refere referees and the, the number, number, excuse me, uh, of reports that are, are coming in now. It, it, I mean, I, I don't know if you see them, Luke, because, you know, in your role, but it must be a record number of, of reports and things coming in for youth football, at least. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been to, I, I regularly end up talking to our child welfare officer on a um, Sunday. Uh, it, it, it's always what time am I going to call her? And um, she has said to me today that the number of complaints that have come in have been an absolute record this year. It, it's it's appalling that people just feel as if it, it's OK to shout and scream at referees, um, you know, if it, if it wasn't for the referee, there'd be no game. And we, we've gone about this so many times. We've put it on our social media. Um, there just doesn't seem to be the respect there that they deserve, you know. And the other thing is the young kids that are coming through, the 14-year-olds, they, they start off at under-11s football, but the manager wants everything given all the time and they're shouting away at the, these youngsters and they're learning just as much as your under 11 non-competitive game, you know, and it's completely and utterly out of order. Um, you know, just, just this, this weekend, I, I watched one of Ireland's game and a coach was complaining because he missed a couple of fouls. Well, what about all the decisions he got right in the game apart from these two fouls? It's not good. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's it's particularly difficult for those 14, 15-year-olds because, you know, we, we we say it's exclusively, or, you know, it's exclusively a problem in, in youth football. It, it's not. It's just that it's easier for adult referees to deal with it. Um, so, you know, in one of my games, if somebody questions a decision, it's very easy for me to push back and make a sarcastic comment or, you know, God forbid, actually do something sensible and just explain the decision. Um, but, for a 14, 15 year old, it's a lot more difficult. So that that one snide comment of, you know, you've got that throwing wrong or that free kick foul, whatever it is, that that goes without a response because they're 14, 15 years old and they haven't got the confidence to respond. And then it probably escalates because they're not getting a response. So the frustration builds in the person raising the raising their um, concern about the decision and then it just starts escalating and escalating from there and then it becomes an impossible situation for a 14 15 year old to deal with and it's entirely not the 14 or 15 year old's fault it's the person that's being completely irrational and behaving like they don't know how to behave when we know monday to friday they probably do have a decent job they probably do go into work and they know that they don't speak to people like that particularly 14 15 year olds but for some reason they seem to forget that when they're stood on a bit of grass with a white line in front of them. Um, so it's a huge frustration of mine um, that people go into football with that mindset. It's a it's a mindset that we're, we're trying to change, but there is no quick fix. It, it, you know, it's a national thing. There's, there's people at the FA working with um, behavioural management specialists, uh, and working with people that have developed campaigns on a national level with the government around drink driving. So 
people that have sort of worked at that high level trying to change behaviours around drink driving and things like that. The FA are working with those people to try and get some steer on how we can possibly influence thousands and thousands of people to behave better. Um, and there is no there is no easy answer, I don't think. Um, but there, there's pieces of work, isolated pieces of work going on nationally. And obviously, the, all we can keep doing locally is, is applying the pressure through I guess these types of conversations, but then also the the more the more challenging conversations with the clubs themselves, um, putting ownership on the clubs to actually take responsibility for their their spectators, their parents, um, and and making sure they're taking ownership of that. Because like you said earlier, Jace, you know, on on match day it should be the home club that are taking the responsibility for ensuring that 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 young referee or that referee it doesn't matter whether they're young or not, but particularly the young ones um, are looked after for the duration of the match day, regardless of what decisions they make. Yeah, no, definitely. Amen. That was a long piece of text. Yeah, sorry, I started and then I just couldn't <laughs> stop. And it wasn't even that ranty, to be fair. It was quite It was quite balanced, I thought. <laughs> yeah. You've done well. <laughs> so here's the question, Jason, because I'm getting good at asking these questions. I'm almost, almost like a, prop, a proper journalist. Why do you allow your children to go into that situation as referees what deep question well that is that is a that is a deep one um because there's something they've wanted to do they enjoy playing football um they've been playing football for quite some time now and while in saying that it's about the money but (laughs) but no they they enjoy it um the next stage on is giving something back and the refereeing side of things is giving something back and they're still keeping themselves fit and they enjoy it the majority of the time they enjoy it i mean it took lewis a few years to get himself onto his feet and then now he's he's loving refereeing you know he went he got his promotion the other year and he was happy with that now i, I must admit though it was very daunting when he'd done the nen valley at 16 years old that was scary times <laughs> but no i, I think that answers that one I'll be honest with you unless you two want to add anything to that one yeah Lewis come on what's your opinion um, well I just I don't think I'll be going to be reffing the men's uh, Nen Valley again I mean I'll leave it at that really I'll be ridiculous <laughs> absolutely ridiculous but I suppose just on that point then Lewis I suppose it's, it's a it's a different problem to the the youth stuff so I mean your dad's obviously mentioned all of the all of the issues that we have with sort of sidelines coaches parents that that happen in the youth game I imagine the challenges you have on the Nen League uh, are aren't always sideline related I guess it's it's most of the time the players on the pitch rather than the touchlines yeah yeah it's definitely the players uh, sometimes it'd be the managers as well they'd um, right. because a lot of them are player managers they just play and manage of course yeah, yeah, yeah. teach me all these new words. It was crazy. It was <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there weren't new words to you. But anyway, um, just to give a balanced view, I think Renan League have worked really hard on improving player and spectator behaviour. And, you know, they would back up, um, you know, back up any, any um, you know, action taken by the NFA. So, uh, because, you know, in my experience, and again, it goes back to what you said, Luke, really. Uh, in my experience, as an older statesman and more experienced referee, probably, um, I find that behaviour in Nen League isn't really that bad. Um, obviously, there's certain teams and what have you, but I think, again, as soon as they see 
a young referee, they'll try and get stuck into them because again, it's it, it, it's they seem they seem to think that these young referees are easy targets. I think it's fair to say. Um, so it really goes back to your point, Luke, what you said earlier. Yeah, and I think that again, just in in defence, the league that last year they had all sorts of problems um, with club behaviour, both on field and off field, um, and they reacted to that by just putting in an emergency general meeting, calling all clubs in. Um, and I went and presented and just, you know, read the right act to the clubs. Um, so obviously nice to know that they listened Lewis. Uh, but, uh, but no, it, you know, in, in the, uh, hopefully what you were experiencing were more isolated incidents because again, but it proves the scale of the problem and, and the difficulty in solving it. You know, the, the Nen league went through all of those steps to call all of their clubs in. I went along, um, did some stuff around, uh decision making so some of the challenges associated with it we had some debate in the room just to just to show the fact that actually every decision pretty much within within fouls and misconduct is a subjective decision so if you if you're showing it to a room of clubs and half half of the clubs are saying that's a red card half of the clubs are saying that's not a foul well then that that proves the difficulty in our job and and that was pretty much the theme of the evening um and it and it landed quite well i think um but if the Nen League have gone through all of that trouble, but we're still getting feedback like from yourself, Lewis, that there are still problem clubs, problem players, problem managers out there, that that just sort of shows the scale of the the scale of the issue and and how challenging it's going to be for us to stamp it out completely. Yeah, well, to be honest, I don't think it was um, the league league's like problem. It'd be just the certain few clubs, as you said. Yeah, that's what the major problem was. So, like, I remember refing this one team. I ref them once, didn't have the best game, and then I ref them again a couple of weeks later, and they recognised me. And obviously, because I've only refed one of their games before, they had that perception of me being just the worst ref they've ever seen in their life. So then I went into that game, yeah, with a bad reputation. Yeah. So moving away from refereeing for a minute, I guess um, you, as I said at the beginning, you're still playing football at the moment. Um, I believe I've refereed you a couple of times, and I'm hoping that I'm getting more than an 85, by the way. Uh, long term, are you dedicated to playing and refereeing on the side, or can you see yourself having a future in refereeing, or is that not on your radar at the moment? Um, well, I'm open-minded to both, to be honest. I'm, uh, I'm quite happy playing at the minute, and I feel like I can get somewhere of refereeing. I'm kind of just... Even with both, really, just on the edge, just working as hard as I can on both. I guess you see a kind of, I don't want to say, should I use the word inconsistent? On the on the UCO Reserve Leagues, you have a very, you know, diverse um, level of referee. For in Back in the day, before you were born, probably, um, you had to be a level five referee just to referee in the UCO Reserve League. Um, that's not the case now because the just isn't the number of referees. So you're, what you're getting now is young referees coming through the system, very keen. They want to run around and um, do bits and pieces. And then you get old timers like me who can't move, move as uh, as fluidly as they used to, used to. But do you find the, um, I don't know, the, the, the consistency of effort and ability different on that league from week to week? Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, we have had a few young referees rep us before, and I think they've done very well. 
But sometimes there's a few older ones that are just, I, I don't really know. I don't think they can, they make one decision, everyone gets on their back and they just crumble, I think, really. Because there is a few quite old referees there, but it is a, it is a bit inconsistent, but it isn't overly too bad. You haven't used the immortal words, do you know I'm a referee, have you? No, no, I'm quite good with the referees, unless they don't give me a penalty. <laughs> Only to your dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lewis, from a from a playing point of view, UCL Reserve Division, how often do you see the Sinbin tool used? Uh, I think you were the only ref I've ever seen give a Sinbin in that league, to be honest. <laughs> Because I dived when that player, yeah, I dived and the player got annoyed because I dived, shouted at you and you. He called me a joke, you know. <laughs> okay, fair a, few, a few extra words in there with, as well. And it's just like, well, really, mate, you can't talk to me like that. So yeah, yeah. I gave him 10 minutes in the sin bin. Fair enough. And <laughs> yeah. so you. I don't you know s- why the, oh, sorry, I don't know why the, uh, the referees don't give more sin bins because. Well, yeah, that was, that was, that was going to be my next question was, do you think. Do you see behaviour that you think as a referee would warrant a sin bin and, and you, you stood there as a player thinking, well, surely it'd be easier now to just give him 10 minutes off? Oh, yeah. I, I don't know why the referee stand it. I wouldn't stand it. I'd be like sin binning everyone, really. I just, yeah. I don't know why the referees don't do it. I don't know. And, and just to add to that, I always run the line for them as well. And um, I, I'm seeing it myself. And it's just like, you can't really say that to the referee. But the referee ignores it. But yes, you're right. There's not enough sin bins, I don't think. No, um, we've we've talked about it previously on here, haven't we, Wayne? Uh, that there's seems to be there's certainly been from from a statistical point of view, there's certainly been a decline in in the number of um, C2 cautions, descent cautions that are that are being submitted to us uh, at a county level, and that's that's across that's across the county. Um, so. We're trying to sort of get to the bottom of that and understand what what it is because since the Simbins thing came in, what was it, sort of three, four years ago now? Can't can't quite remember the exact date, but since that came in, it's just slowly been dwindling. Um, so trying to get to the bottom of why again is because uh, it, as you two have highlighted, it's a useful tool. And if you if you're experiencing that type of behaviour, why why wouldn't you want to use it? I I don't know what the answer to that is because I don't use it because <laughs> it's not at my level, but. Um, I, personally, I think it'd be it'd be a useful tool, particularly if you're experiencing, like you've said, Lewis, um, behaviour that you want to that you want to make a point about on the pitch. Yeah, well, sometimes I wonder why the ref just didn't send them off because sometimes it can get quite bad. I mean, I've seen that a couple of times, and the ref don't do anything, so I'm not sure. Fair enough. And what about yourself? Do you use a sim bin in the in the youth games? Um. Not really. I try, no. <laughs> I try and talk to them to try and, um, you know, get them to calm down or say, I don't know, just try and teach them a bit more. Unless it's unless it's really bad, and then, and then yeah, they're they're off. I don't think you've ever given a sin bin, Lewis. I have. Start of the season, <laughs> start of the season I did. Um, family wars. Absolute idiot. And importantly, is an important question. Um, now you're getting all this money from refereeing. Are you, did you buy the takeaway tonight? Because I know you like a takeaway in the McLaughlin household, but it t- tends to be Daddy who um, who pays. Is, is that right? Yeah, definitely. It's always me that pays. He doesn't like pay for anything. I tell you. I'm not going to say no. <laughs> 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 
One day, Wayne. One day. So <laughs> now that what you've started, Wayne. <laughs> um, so you're refereeing Saturday mornings as well, Sunday mornings, Sunday afternoons. Is that, is that what you're doing? Um, no, I don't do Saturdays. I just do just do Sunday morning and Sunday afternoon and the occasional 12 o'clock. Chasing the money as well. Of course, of course. I just referee the problem games, unfortunately. <laughs> Well, someone's got it, Jason. Hey, someone's got it. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why your scores are so bad. <laughs> Actually, I'm beating both of you this season. <laughs> <laughs> that's because he changes them when they come in. What's that say? 60, 61. I'll put that, that six is the wrong way up. We'll turn that one back upside down. Yeah. Good. Well, um, that final question, I think. Um, it's obviously cup final season coming up. Um, have you have you appointed any of the family to a cup final? <laughs> <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to answer that question. Um, <laughs> I, I, I might have done. <laughs> but who, when you go through your cup final selection, what's the criteria? What's the criteria you're looking at? So I, I'm looking at marks. Um, I'm looking at what they've done during the season. So that sort of we put various different courses on and stuff like that hoping that they turn up to, like, we've just recently had a linesman course. So I think that is absolutely critical for anyone that wants to run the line, that they go on the linesman course. So we've got our semi-finals coming up next weekend, and everyone that attended our course are put on the line for next weekend, because if they're going to put the effort in to uh, learn to run the line, because let's be honest, they've been in the middle all season. They They don't get a chance to run the line. So... That's uh, one of the criteria, um, and it's just generally how they've been all season. Um, like not, I have some referees that are no shows. Well, that, that's no good for me. So um, you know, I, I do ask questions. Why didn't you turn up today? Why didn't you let me know? So admin is another thing, you know. But yeah, I mean, a majority is all just um, for scores throughout the season. But I don't take. It all on board because some coaches do actually message me and say, "Oh, this referee's on really well today." And it's like, "Well, that's what I'm looking for." And and something I always do for our cup finals is I always put a senior referee as fourth official. So um, it just sort of calms the game down if the, if it ever wants to boil over. And then the younger referees that have done well during the season will be in the middle. Yeah, like uh, uh, we've spoken about that before, and I think it's a good idea. It's really difficult. Fourth officials are an awful job. It's probably the worst job in refereeing, to be honest, because you can't get away from anybody. Um, you know, you're stuck there. So, you know, having an experienced person as fourth official, I think that's quite crucial. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. Keeps them in their box as well. Yeah. <laughs> I said to um, I'm doing fourth official for the um, for somebody ND. Y A L is that right? Yeah. That was, um, that, you had to think too hard about that. Yeah, because it, <laughs> congratulations, Wayne, on that yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. At least somebody gave me a cup final. But anyway, um, I've already <laughs> said to Chris Rowland, I'm going to take my, my my chair, and I'm going to say to both clubs, if I get out this chair, there's going to be trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I might I might take that on board, mate. <laughs> yeah. If I'm getting out this chair, you're in trouble. Right, and you and, and you wonder why he didn't get points when he cut final. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, if you see my marks, I've been absolutely mugged. 
At least Dick Turpin wore a mask. No, I'll say it, Ollie Mackey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. saying nothing. Any final questions, Luke? Uh, no, no, no. Good, good. Well, thanks for joining us. Um, keep up the good work. I know it's really hard work, and you know, as a volunteer as well. Um, I'm sure the county and the referees do appreciate it. Um, keep refereeing, Ryland. Keep earning that, earning that money. Keep buy buy your dad a present. You know, at the end of the season. Um, Lewis, let's see if you can play for um, a decent football team soon. And uh, <laughs> I hope we don't get desperate time reserves anytime I'll, soon. You, you, <laughs> you've just caused I, all sorts of problems. I love there. John Lee. John Lee's oh. one of my favourite secretaries. Is he still still secretary, John Lee? Yeah. Yeah, what a guy. What a guy. When I started off in the UCL, he was doing it. He must, be, he must have done 40, 50 years, hasn't he? I, mate, I'll be honest. I think you're pandering up the wrong person because I don't think he listens to this podcast. I reckon he does. <laughs> I reckon he does. Him, him and John Clark will be sat there to Monday morning. Next to the wireless, <laughs> tuning into the podcast. Oh, I bet he's a bet he's an avid viewer, <laughs> listener, whatever they're called. <laughs> right, thanks very much, everybody. Take care yourselves. We'll speak again soon. Cheers. You can say bye if you want, Lewis. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Okay, so welcome back to the final part of For Ref's Sake, episode number 25. Forgot to mention at the start, Luke, um, I do feel for the for the family of Andy Wilson, um, who... Why? On the old social media, he forced the family to listen to, um, uh, yeah. to the episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, they like the theme tune. <coughs> they're one of the people who said this, they felt that you were... A little bit down in the dumps. Um, but, you know, do we count that as one listener or three or four listeners? I think we need to add those to the figures. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Yeah, yeah. We need everyone we can get. Everyone counts. Absolutely right. So, another busy week coming up in the world of football. And I've got to go back to work, which is very disappointing as well. But, you know. Until You've had I'm... two weeks off, though. Yeah, but, you know, it's a hard... Teaching is a difficult place to be at the moment. I'm, I'm not disputing that. I don't want to and get all political anyway. And, and start, and start I think that's for another podcast, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's quarter past nine when we're recording this. And following this recording, I'm going to go to bed. Because <laughs> I'm really tired. I feel better Tough than day. I did. I feel better. Tough day. I thought you, called, I thought, I thought you might have called me granddad by then, but... Um, Obviously not. So interesting chat with um with the McLaughlin family. It's a, it's like a broken record, isn't it? Let's be honest. Um, in terms of we're, we're seeing the same behaviour and it's not improving. I don't know what the answer is to that, but you know, fair play to him for number one taking up the referee course himself, and also you know, his, both his sons, um, you know, helping the league out. Yeah, um, and you know the Weetabix League deserve a lot of credit for the support that they offer to to young referees um they're the first ones to make sure that it gets reported correctly and 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 make sure that they're following up on on what actions taken against the club by us so um yeah fair play to them they're big supporter um and desperate desperate to see improvements in behavior um but like you said 
nobody's really sure quite what the answer is just yet. No, so as I said, um, there will be an episode somewhere next week. Might be a guest presenter here or there. Um, but there'll be no episodes the following week because, as I said, we're going to be all away and doing stuff around the Isle of Wight. We're all going to get on the ferry and then hopefully on the Sunday afternoon, we might do some lives and stuff whilst we're over there. Hopefully we will all still be alive. That'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a positive. A positive, yeah. Um, and then obviously we'll be back the following week, which I believe is another bank holiday. We've got quite a few bank holidays coming up. Um, yeah. is, is that a playoff final weekend? No. No, it's a bit later than that. So, um, thanks for joining us again. Keep subscribing, keep listening. Uh, have a great week. We will be back next Sunday, Monday, Monday morning when this comes out, unless you stay up really late because sometimes it gets on there on Sunday night. Um, it might be a bit earlier tonight, actually, because as I said, I'm going to bed soon. <laughs> you know, I need to up, up my carbohydrate levels this week, I think. Get ready for the big one. You'll Come. be fine. Get yourself down to um, Six Fields on Tuesday for the Senior Cup Final. Get yourself to Whitworths on Wednesday for the Goa Barnes Cup Final. And we will see you again soon. Goodbye. Goodbye.